and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, and this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, Everyone is, um, their eyes are glued to the conflict that's going on over in Ukraine, that um, Russia is... um, Invading, invading Ukraine and um, bombarding them and bombing uh, civilians and murdering people. And um, it is the greatest conflict Europe has seen since mm-hmm. World War World II. II. Yeah. And I know the president of Ukraine is comparing it to 9-11 and comparing it to Pearl Harbor. And he's comparing it to a lot of different things. And he's, he's saying it could be the beginning of World War Three. And there's a lot of questions going on and um, there seems to be a lot of propaganda going on, on on kind of on both sides so it's hard to know right now what is actually taking place um, Russia is a misinformation monster um, lying to their people doing all kind of things and and um, the Ukraine is the president of the Ukraine he's a former actor and he's playing it pretty well and and I I, I mean that in a uh, positive sense. Um, he is showing great courage. Uh, his statement, his statement was just a great depiction of manhood. I thought, uh, when, when the United States said, Hey, Hey, we're going to send planes to get you. He said, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. Mm. I'm like, Whoo, come on, <laughs> man, <go. laughs> be a man. I love it. Um, but there's a lot of misinformation coming out of Ukraine too. And uh, a lot of propaganda to get I mean, they're he's they're doing everything they can do to get more money and to more weapons to to help them survive, right? So we don't know what the the truth is uh, in all of that and how things are going yet. Um, but we do know that Russia is the aggressor and and Russia is wrong for doing it. But an interesting opinion article came up in the Wall Street Journal this week that I wanted to to bring to everyone's attention and kind of talk about. And it's an opinion piece, but it's it's based off of a survey called a Quinni, Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac, <laughs> Quinnipiac University survey. Um, and, and this is what they asked. The pollster asked, what would you do if you were in the same position as Ukrainians are now? Okay, so if, if right now, if, you know, Russia invaded our neighborhood, our country, what would you do? Would you stay and fight or would you leave the country? Okay, that's the question. Now, we're, we're talking about the civil magistrate. We, we, we've been talking about that on the podcast and, and that, that God has given the sword to the civil magistrate and Christians can be a part of the civil magistrate. Now, this is interesting for us in the United States of America because every citizen in one sense, is a part of the civil magistrate. We have the Second Amendment, Mm -hmm. that we have the right to bear and keep arms, and therefore, um, even in the the state of Iowa, we're a constitutional carry, and so we can carry weapons, and and our our government, our civil authorities, want us to carry weapons to protect our life, to protect property, and to protect other people's lives, right? And so if... We are witnessing a robbery in front of us. Let's just say a, a gunman is 
robbing a little old lady, if we're concealed carrying or if we're carrying, we have a moral responsibility to engage there. And we are an extension of the government as we do that. Okay, we're extension of the civil magistrate. So this is not me taking personal vengeance. This is me executing the sword like scripture tells me to do in Romans 13 and, and 1 Peter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so because of the Second Amendment, one, I would think, I would think Russia invading America is going to go much different than Russia invading Ukraine. Yeah. Okay, but here's the interesting results from this survey. More than half of Democrats, 52%, so just barely over half, said they would cut and run if the U.S. homeland were invaded. Okay, we're not talking about women and children. We're not talking about pacifists or conscientious objectors. This is most Democrats saying they'd rather leave than defend it. Only a pathetic 40% said they would stick around. Okay, so the majority of Democrats say if Russia invaded the United States, we're out, we're gone. Now, Republicans did better, but it, you know not, nothing, not, nothing too stellar, uh, but but significant more. So fifty fifty two percent say they would cut and run, and only forty percent said they would stick around. But Republicans, sixty eight percent said they would stay their ground. So that's a 28% difference mm-hmm. of, between Republicans and Democrats. Um, now, this is very interesting to me. Um, it's very interesting because there are bad numbers both sides, right? <laughs> I mean, that's disappointing on both sides that more people would not say, I am here to stay and defend what God has given to us. I mean, the good gift of, of what we have. Yeah. That's just really surprising to me. 68% is not even, isn't anything to say. But it's crazy because you probably would have more than, you would probably have an upper 90s of people that would say if someone came into their house, they would they would mm. protect their home. They I don't know. They would protect their families, you know? Maybe. I, I don't I don't know. Um, it's, it's, a, it's very interesting to me that, I mean, you watch, some, you, know, you watch a movie like The Patriot. You know, with with Mel, with Mel Gibson. Okay. You know, like where are these men? Where I mean, you just think about the founding of our country and and the sacrifices that men and women were willing to to take mm-hmm. to fight for our independence and to fight for our freedom, which is which was ultimately religious freedom. Religious freedom is what originally brought the Huguenots and those on the Mayflower, the Pilgrims. That's what originally brought them over here. And they landed on the shores and they wanted to create a distinct Christian nation. Now, we do not mean that in the sense of that America has some stellar, some kind of biblical role in history as far as it's the new Jerusalem or it's, you know, the kingdom of God on earth. No, but they wanted to create a society that was governed justly by the law of God with Jesus as the king. And they were willing to fight to the death to protect that. And now we have only 40% of Democrats. I, that just that just absolutely blows my mind. What happened? <laughs> what happened? And 68% of Republicans. And 
I, I want to ask you guys before I posit my idea. What, what do you guys think happened? Like, what, what do you, what do you think is going on there? What is that? Well, I, I think that part of what's going on there is that we have um, come to a place where we are enjoying the fruits of what we have, but not understanding how we got that, the, the, the fruit of it. So it, it's, it's what we see biblically so often, even with when God warns his people, they go into the promised land, right? And he says, now, when you get there and you build houses for yourself, and, and he goes through all the, all the joys of what it means to have a good land and, and a place where you can be productive and be fruitful, um, that it, it, we, we become... He, he said, you'll become comfortable and you'll forget me and you'll forget what got you there. And before you know it, you've completely rejected me. You know? And so then he says, I'll, I'll give you things to remind you again. Mm. So I think that to some level, I, that's where we're at. We're, we're a people who have in, so enjoyed and have become spoiled, yeah. or, uh, spoiled children, if you will, yeah. <laughs> with the good things that we have and don't recognize that it is something that can be easily taken away, yeah. uh, you know, either very quickly or r- eroded very yeah. slowly. And I think, too, even to add to that, like if you just kind of look in our culture, like everyone's all about themselves. Okay, I would say... You know, all about self and, you know, in mine and me and, you know, what can I do to build me up? How can I keep me safe? Um, You know, what can I do to, you know, in in my family, you know, and if it's the best interest for my family to to get the heck out of Dodge, you know, like people are going to be gone because they, a lot of people never see the bigger picture. And I think that just kind of goes back to the forefathers. Like they, they see in the bigger picture and it was in the front of their in the front of their vision instead of themselves. Yeah. And they were thinking long term. They were thinking mm-hmm. of their grandkids and their yeah. great grandkids and their great great grandkids. Yeah. And they knew to flee back into tyranny yeah. might allow them temporary comfort, right? They're they're not gonna be bombed and killed in America, mm-hmm. but they're moving back into tyranny, and that's going to produce that's gonna destroy it's our, they they didn't have religious freedom and it's it could destroy the future of their children, Mm -hmm. right? The flourishing of their future children. So they're willing, this kind of goes through with like the failure of nerve type stuff. Mm -hmm. They're willing to push through war, Mm -hmm. push through a terrible season in order to reach something better. Religious freedom, a nation that's built on a constitution um, where we can worship God freely. And it's not a state church like it was, like it is, was was in Britain. And so where the state and the church had mingled together uh, in a way that was was unhelpful and stifled religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think I agree with you. I, I think so moral and spiritual degradation as we've walked away from scripture, we've walked away from morality, we've become more self-focused and selfish and we're all about um, our own personal rights. Yeah. Rather than responsibilities, mm-hmm. I think that's a, a that's big huge. piece. Yep. Um, we're, our country, we're, we're all we care about is what our country can give us, and not what our responsibilities are to our country. Mm-hmm. So, in in generations past, people felt an obligation to fight for our country, an obligation to protect our rights and fight for our constitution, and these things. Now we we don't really care as long as we can get health care and we can get this. Well, I'll just go to Britain. I can get health care there. I can get. I can get this stuff there. So I think that plays a part in it. But I also think it's specifically as you see it 
the difference, the 28% difference between Republicans and Democrats. I think this leans more towards um, a liberal, progressive, democratic understanding of the world that tends towards globalism, that um, there's kind of this, these, these arbitrary human rights that human humanity has come up with themselves. And as long as the NATO, NATO and, and, and all this, as long as we agree on these human rights, we have more solidarity with this, with mankind as a whole Mm -hmm. than we do with our actual nation state. Mm -hmm. And so now with progressivism and even kind of socialistic understandings of, of society and LGBTQ plus and moral relativism and the sexual revolution, many Democrats who are pushing that kind of progressivist agenda in, in the United States have more in common with those in Britain and those in different parts of the world, more, you know, more liberal parts of the world than they do with Republicans, than they do with conservatives, than they do with other Americans. So I think, yeah, what are they fighting for? They see this, they see this country as inherently racist. They see this country as a failed project. They see this country as um, holding down the LGBTQ plus agenda, right? And so they would, if they're getting invaded, they'd rather bounce. They'd rather leave. Mm. I, I find it fascinating, but I also find it clarifying. <laughs> I find it clarifying because one, I'm just going to say it, one of these two groups is worse than the other, okay? <laughs> one of these two group, groups has an agenda for America that is contrary to its founding, contrary to its constitution, contrary to what, what literally did make America great in a, a city set on a hill. And, um, and I think there's plenty wrong with Republicans and there's all kinds of things that go on in, in that camp as well that's, that's wrong. But this is shameful. Yeah. And the funny thing is, we're not talking about like we're being invaded and, and, I'm, and, we're, and we got people coming to our door and saying, will you fight? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's one thing. Because that, that requires you to strap on a gun and you put some body armor on and you're going out to like potentially die, Right. Many people are going to get fearful and change their mind. We're talking about a poll <laughs> that you could lie on just to look good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you could lie just to look courageous. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd fight, I'd fight. Oh, I'm an American, oh, I'd fight. 40%, only 40% said they'd stay. 60% said they'd turn and run yeah. just in a poll. Yeah. That is shocking to me. So I, I want to, you know, maybe the people want to know too as well, like, so where does this where does the stance as a as a church come into play here? I mean, I understand that we're not doing a pool or anything like that here as a church, but what would it look like for the for the church to to stand or or run, um, depending on what the situation is? I guess. Well, I think, I mean, we have examples in the American Revolution that we um, we appealed to for our rights. We appealed um, to the king. The king denied those rights and then invaded us, right? Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what happened. And that forced Christians to decide. Now, my obligation here to, and, and this is where we see the lesser magistrate and the greater magistrate. The king was saying one thing, right? And we could say, you know, we're taxation without representation and there's there's reasons to, to 
to say that he, the king was wrong. But then we sent delegates to the king to try to work it out and try to not, we didn't want to come to war. And then that didn't, that failed. And so then the king, then the king invaded us. Well, our lesser magistrates, which is, um, all of the colonies, the, the, the rulers of the colonies, all the colonies said, this is unjust. This is fair. We're being invaded. We have a right, a divine right from God to protect our country, or, or it wasn't a country, or whatever it was at that time, yeah. right? Uh, um, the they colonies, all, yeah, they, they all each had to make that decision. Each yeah. colony had to make that decision of what they were going to, what they were going to do, and they came together and made that decision corporately as as a result. And biblically, this is how it's supposed to work. The lesser, the, when the when the higher magistrate is being unethical and 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 contrary to the word of God, and the lesser magistrate sees it, the lesser magistrate is responsible to God to do the right thing right. and disobey the authority. And then the people can get behind the lesser magistrates. So what did that look like for the church? That looked like preachers getting up in their pulpits and preaching on these, these types of topics and calling their people to arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that looked like pe- preachers rallying regiments of troops to join the the militia or join the join the army to fight the british and so there is i mean it it is a godly thing to do it is a manly thing to do it is a right thing to do for to to fight to protect the good to fight and protect to protect your family to protect your city to protect protect your your colony your your state that's a godly righteous thing to do yeah. and so yeah if we were invaded by the russians I would be encouraging our men to man up and fight. Yeah. That's what I'd be in- encouraging our men to do. <laughs> what are you laughing <laughs> well, at? <laughs> I just, it's just so interesting we're having this conversation only because I, when I was, uh, I think I must have been in high school. Did you ever see Red Dawn? It was, uh-huh. it was, you know, it was this before my time, Rob. The Russians <laughs> invaded. It's a great movie. The Russians invaded. They came in paratroops, and they. It was about. I think it was like a Midwest. I don't remember. No, no, no. It was more west. It was more west because they they went up into the mountains, and and I don't. They called themselves the Badgers or something. <laughs> anyway, but it was this whole thing. What would you do if we were invaded? And you know, they were, and it was Americans rising up to defend our country. And it was, it was a fun movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't think, so I, they, they made a new one. I think I saw the new oh, one, but that's I, right. they did I didn't see the old one. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm going to say this, the Bible condemns globalism. The Bible condemns this kind of collective understanding of humanity that we can all get together without God at our center. And have some kind of shared morality and rule the world. He we, condemns that in the in, in Babylon. Tried, all the kingdoms that, that are fallen, that. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was Babel, the Tower of yeah, Babel. Yeah, that was yeah. our first attempt. It didn't go over well. Matter of yeah. fact, God came down and messed that up exactly. for a reason. <laughs> yep. And then it's played out every in Babylon and in Assyria mm-hmm. and all of the great kingdoms of the world. It's been played out and God has crushed it and God has destroyed it. And this is why we even see Babylon reappear in, in the end, in, the end, mm-hmm. in Armageddon, mm-hmm. this collective man that's mm-hmm. trying to um, build a kingdom on this earth, a utopia on this earth without Christ at its center. Yeah. It can't yeah. be happening. Christ will come and judge it. So we should, and, and also, the, the bigger of movement gets, the more dangerous it becomes. Because mm-hmm. as a movement catches steam, it crushes the little people, it crushes the outsiders, right? And so we don't want one world government with one guy at the top. Mm-hmm. That would be tyranny. Yeah. That would be 
horrible. Uh, we li- we should, if we understand this, this is one of, one of the reasons our government is so was 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 was, uh, was literally brilliant. Its founding was brilliant because we have so many separation of powers where no one man can get too much power in our in our society because our founders believed in the doctrine of sin. They looked at scripture. They saw the prophet, the priest, the king, the judges, the pastors, the teachers. They saw all of this division of authority. And so they used that to build our nation state. They used that to put together our constitution. They used that wisdom. And so we should be really wary of one world government type of thing, of of this sense of globalism and the Bible God himself created nations and states. At Babel, by dividing languages, God himself created that. So being nationalistic, having nationalistic pride is okay. It's God-honoring. It's, it's, what do you mean by that? Can you break that down? I'm proud, you, God wants you to be proud to be an American. Mm. God wants you to protect your land and your people, and he wants to, you to f- have a, a, a collection and a culture here that's uniquely our own. Now it's meant to honor him, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want one world, everything to be the same all the way across. And the is world. that where too, where a lot of people like, Hey, America was great because it was, it was bound off of biblical principles. Correct. Is that, mm-hmm. is that, okay? yeah. And, and it's okay. Like it's okay to have boundaries. Yeah. It's okay to have citizenship. It's okay to, um, have rules for immigration. It's not okay. The Bible doesn't promote open borders that allows anybody to come into a nation state. The Bible talks about what, how the immigrant is supposed to be treated, but it's okay to have barriers to entrance to your country, to have checks and balances on who you let in Mm -hmm. because who you let in affects the culture of your society. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and so now we're not nationalistic in the sense of like, um, idolatry, right? Like an American idolatry over the world, but it's okay to have a national pride. It's okay to be a patriot. It's okay to have patriotism. That's different than the idolatry of America. What I find interesting is even when you come to, we come to the end in, in times here and you go to revelation and you see, you get, John gets a little open window into what's going to happen there in terms of the, around the throne, around the throne of the King, the true King, the, the, the only good King, uh, King Jesus. Uh, it, we, we hear these words, worthy are you to take the scroll to open it for you were slain and by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. But it's interesting that he separates out, he, he identifies these down to tribes, language, peoples, and nations. So, so there's this diversity that is present at, around this throne to, to worship God. And you know, it's, it's as if there is, because God is so great and so wonderful and so beautiful, there is no one culture that can... Can, that can consume, if you will, his beauty, his glory. Yeah. And so it requires lots of different languages. It requires lots of different beauty, you know, colors. And, you know, you begin to think about, think about, you know, like the Olympics is a great place where you at least get to see a little bit of some cultures coming together. Um, and you see the, the differences. They wear different clothes, They, you know, that kind of thing. And, and well, that's what it's going to be like. It's interesting he doesn't do away with that. Yeah. So, and we don't know for sure what that's going to feel like, but... 
there that that's mu- that's a much different picture than let's just say America spreading over the face of the globe and everyone speaking English, right? <laughs> right. And 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 we create one world kind of government with one world currency and all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That is very uniform, mm-hmm. right? But that seems to be what the progressive liberal agenda the, is trying to produce, okay? And through much of the Western world, that's what they're trying to produce. Now, this is one of the reasons China is pushing back against them so hard. They see the moral degradation going on in our society, mm-hmm. and they're saying no thanks. Yeah. China has literally banned uh, sissy men, that's their term, mm. sissy men wow. from television. Any man who acts effeminate is banned. It's illegal to act effeminate on, on television wow. in China because they want masculine men that can take over the world. That's what they want, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> and, and you see, and that's exactly, and Putin, Putin is saying the same thing. There's, he's using, even saying this about Ukraine. He's saying Ukraine just wants to be a Western world that can have gay marches in the street. Mm. And do you want that? And he's kind of like this, I mean, he's an autocratic leader and, and, and it's a huge, terribly corrupt, godless society, but he's trying to use, he's using that. He's using yeah, that. Sure. And, and guess what? That's probably true. And that's true of what most Western world that we are going absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. The United States, what was it? Was it what was it? Newsweek just appointed, um, one of the top 20 women in the country is a biological male. Mm-hmm. It, it, we are going against nature. We are losing our minds. We are complete idiots. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. And so these other nations are pushing back on that and they're, they're, they're godless and they're doing terrible things, but they have a legitimate critique. They don't want to see what's happening in the Western world happen, happen to them. But the Western world thinks with all of their arrogance that if they can just get their media and get their social media and get the internet and get their educational systems around the globe, they will create one world utopia where we all embrace that the modernistic or postmodernistic values of inclusivity and sexual, whatever you want. Everyone will be a law unto themselves. It sounds, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like, I believe we, we talked about this yes, earlier, but Jesus, <laughs> but at the end, at the end, we see all all different nations, all different language, all different yeah. colors, and these people with their unique col- cultures coming to the throne. Yeah. Now, only the things that are done in obedience to Christ will be there that right. are honoring Him. None of the God honoring, God dishonoring things will right. be there. Right. But what does that mean for the new heavens and new earth? Does that mean we can speak every language? Does that mean we're going to be able to travel from nation to nation and, and place to place and? learn new language and continually just learn new languages and grow and understanding and experience all these. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more beautiful mm-hmm. than one world government than globalism. Yeah. It's a lot more beautiful and diverse than globalism. So mm-hmm. got into a lot of things. What about you? Would you fight? If you would, do you have anything to fight with? <laughs> it's about having in Ukraine, Ukraine, they had to like, it's been interesting to see what a society can do when their back is against the wall. I've read reports of um, breweries no longer making beer. Now they're using their beer bottles to make Molotov cocktails. Um, all kind of different factories shutting down. Seamstresses now making body armor. Welders making anti-tank obstacles to put into the streets. 
nor professional athletes putting on the on weapons and protecting their country. I think most Christians are probably underserved. They don't really understand the Christian history of our nation, the Christian foundation of our nation, and we've witnessed the foundations rotting and falling away. If, if When we're staying and fighting, I think that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting for the original foundation. We're fighting for reconstruction. We're fighting to, to go back to the founding father's vision and maybe even to be more clear and, and with the First Amendment yeah. <laughs> and say, when, when we're talking about, you know, we're not talking about separation of church and state. We're talking about the, the you know, Congress shall make no denomination, yeah. one denomination, right? Because at that time, all the states had their own state churches already, and they just were fighting over which denomination should be accepted or not. That we should clearly state in our Constitution that we want to be a Christian nation. Yeah. You know. And I think before we, we close here, um, what are some uh, resources that people can um, read or, or go to so that they're in the same mind frame of where we're at? Because right now people are hearing that they could be hearing this like, what are they talking about? You know, why are they even thinking about these things? Um, just so they can be on the same page as we are striving to um, look more and more like Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the daily resources that I listen to is um, The Briefing by Al Mohler, president of... Um, the what is the Southern Baptist yeah. Theological Seminary? Yeah. He's a pretty solid um, theologian and cultural commentator. He's the one where I got this article. He brought this article up uh, a couple days ago, I think. Um, we're reading a book by Gary Demar right now called "God and Government." Uh, Gary Demar has his own podcast that you can find that the Gary Demar podcast. He's ran a ministry for many years called American Vision. You can look it up. American Vision has tons of resources on the Christian history of our of our nation. For a long time, um, liberals and more progressive people have been telling us that our society did not have a Christian nation; mm-hmm. that we were they were mainly deists, and and many of us have bought that and believed that and swallowed that. And I'll admit, I kind of did for a while. I kind of thought, yeah, we we're, were kind of like moralistic deists. We weren't really Christians, and there were some of them: Thomas Jefferson, different people. They were clearly that. But the large majority of them were Bible-believing, Christ-loving, mm-hmm. Christ-followers. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, when they, and when they were writing these documents, they were writing the documents. One of them I was just reading this week. He had uh, the commentary on the book of Deuteronomy, wasn't it? The mm, commentary yeah. on the book of Deuteronomy yeah, right. next to him, understanding the laws, understanding how God's law w- was set up and yeah. how he wanted to set up the judicial system here in the United States. So those are two recommendations that I would kind of give right away. Rob, do you got any? Well, you hit the one I, the, the American Vision is a, has so much there that that's a good place to start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, if you've got any questions, uh, please email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. We're praying for you. 